Hey, this is Dan, just to say that this week's episode is sponsored by Grey Issue 4, which is now funding on Kickstarter. You can find out more about this in the middle of the episode. Hello and welcome to Hey, I Loved That Movie, the podcast where we rewatch the films we loved when we were younger to see if they still hold up. I'm Dan. I'm Michael. And I'm Helena. And for this episode, we watched The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So what what uh what did you what sort of connections did you guys have to this film when you were younger? I remember watching it on TV quite a lot and I yeah I I remember sort of finding it really cool and really enjoying it and never remembering what happened. So I always got to rewatch it and re-enjoy it because it just has the most forgettable plot ever. Yep. It like yeah, I remember watching it a lot on TV because it was one of those TV like some TV channel bought the copyright for it and played it all the time. Yes. Um yeah, I watched it a lot on TV and yeah, no, it has a really great scenes and nothing really connecting them. Yep, that's it. my my I remember like when this was going to come out, I really wanted to see it and I got some just like awful quality pirate copy. And all I remember was like the tank breaking through the walls at the start. Um, oh, it's so bad. That is that is all I remember honestly. <laughs> so, can we try and, like, and like like bits and pieces of it? But it was it was definitely yeah like even not watching it for a while it was like I completely forgot what the plot was. <laughs> yeah, can we try and like framework the plot out because I watched it like recently. Yeah, so it's yeah. an alternative really history. Yeah, where like I guess there's a lot of extra technology that's been discovered like quicker than it normally is. Yeah, it's so that's why yeah. we have we have Nemo with his car and his submarine, and we have like, the the Germans have their automatic rifles um, and their tank, which can get through at least one piece of stage prop plywood. That was that that is considering that's like the first scene of this big budget movie. I assume it's a big budget movie. I think it like I imagine all the budget went on getting all the actors. Oh. Yeah, the <laughs> so okay, let's just drop this early. The majority of the budget went on Sean Connery who wanted I think 17 or 18 million dollars to star in this and most of the trivia is just about him being a massive prick. Oh. Oh, shockingly. Yeah. This is the last film, the last live action film he ever did before he died. Well, oh, that makes me sad. Um, it had a seventy-eight million dollar budget. Is that a lot, or is that a? That's like an average film. Yeah, yeah, for it... a, maybe a bit less than an average film. But it's got big names. Yeah, maybe. huge names. Again, it it's a film from that era of weird film with amazing actors. Yeah, so we've got Sh- <laughs> Sean Connery as Quatermain. We've got Lyle from George of the Jungle as uh, Jacqueline Hyde. <laughs> Yep. Um, there's I've forgotten most of the actors' names. There's a guy who plays Dorian Gray, and apparently he was. Um... He was a solid Dorian Gray, though. So yeah, the the framework, the framework of the plot. Let's get that down. Cool. Because I feel like I feel um, like we need to discuss that. So more technology. Yeah. Bad guy with the face. Um, he wants to take over the world. So he breaks. He uses a tank to drive through some walls and break into a bank. Yep. Yeah, but he doesn't just steal the money. He, he steals, steals some... the plans to Venice. Yeah, some yep. pictures. <laughs> and, oh, then... God, well, then what happens? and then what happens? And then we cut to... He manages to do it, doesn't hmm. he? Oh, yeah, they gather yeah. up the League. Yeah, yeah they, 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 go, the league. they go to, like, Africa in 1899, and they're like, Sean Connery, would you like to c- come over to do this thing for us? Uh, and then there's a big gunfight, and a building blows up. Yep. Um... Like, so yeah, they 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 gather. Most of the film is them gathering the league. Yeah, they ga- they gather the league. You find the, so they've all sort of 
which Got consists of yeah the who's who of lit- global literature. Yep, which is my very, it's such favorite a strain, part. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's literary suicide squad. Yeah, so. <laughs> It's, so it's it, like it, a fucking hardcore version of Pagemaster. Yeah. Quartermain. <laughs> Quartermain uh, is um yeah, Sean Connery who yeah. has been been blessed by Africa. Um yeah, in, in fact I, I wrote down in my notes I blessed the range down in Africa. Yep. <laughs> um, there's uh Nemo. It, yeah, Nemo. Captain there's Nemo. Nemo from Yeah. Somewhat the name is somewhat outshined these days, but it's Captain Nemo. Yep, from yep. Uh, Leagues Under the Sea. Twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Yeah. A lot further there's, than I thought. There's there's an invisible man because yep. everyone else they, they had the rights to use, but for the they couldn't the, the rights weren't in public domain for the invisible man. So he's just <laughs> an, an invisible man. man. Yep. Um they get around that pretty pretty well. There's yep. um a woman who in the comic books is actually the leader of this group and not a vampire. And in this, she's a vampire and barely does everything. Like, so this is, yeah, based on a Alan Moore comic. Yep, yeah. of course it is. And yeah, of course it, it, is. It, um, of course it, is. it was coming out around the same time as the movie. And in the comics, the main characters were the, the woman and Captain Nemo. They were sort of more in charge. And the yeah. film was like, no, let's get the old white man. Yeah, oh, yeah, because at that time he was a really big actor. He was like a huge name. Yeah, yeah. So like, you get Sean Connery, you put him first. And um, so then going on, so we have me. So she's Mina Harker, which is Dracula. Yep. yep. Um, well, no. Yeah, the Invisible so, Man, an yeah. Invisible Man, Doreen Gray from Doreen Gray, uh, Tom Sawyer, which is just random. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a complete addition to this. He wasn't in the comics either. Was that just for like American appeal? Probably. Yes, literally. <laughs> There's uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, who we first meet in Paris when he's uh, having a having a little wander around on the rooftops as a big hulky guy. Like the, the practical effects for him were just a bit odd. Like they the They're quite site, uncomfortable. yeah, oh, great. They, they loved yeah, it. They, the they, they, they held up though, to be fair. Yeah, the like, the they only don't look cringy. Like they're, yeah, they're not that. Bad. The only thing that looked odd to me was like the skin texture. Like it mm. didn't quite look like real skin. <laughs> Well, yeah, you're like, not going to be able to get gonna, it. Yeah, it's like, not going to be perfect. And then, like the um, like him changing from like horrifying. From, yeah, it is awful. Like, even if it horrifying. is, yeah, even if it's just a lot of jump cuts and flashes, it felt painful. Is yeah, it? it really. It was a good transition because I think if they tried to make it too, have it too like um, linear, where it's like you see the full transformation in every single step, that would be It'd so be hard to animate, and it would just yeah. look crap, and it would age yeah. really poorly. But this sort of like these flashes 90... of light, and it like most of it is just like um, single images almost of him yeah. in different, in a few different parts of the transformation, work yeah. quite well. Yeah, if you if you showed every step of the transformation. All of the budget would go on that one transformation scene. Uh, um, and then, yeah. so the bad guy is three bad guys. So yeah. We've got the Phantom M. So the Phantom yeah. from, I guess, the Phantom of the Opera. M from. <laughs> sure. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the what Phantom. Happened? Was there another Phantom? I thought it was just like. There, oh, the there, there is a comic book called The Phantom. I think there was a movie well, with Billy Zane in it. Probably, probably um, that. One. There was. And then M from, obviously, for me, is a reference to Ian Fleming's book. Yep. yep. But and then also, Moriarty. Yeah, it turns out he's Moriarty. Oh, fucking Moriarty. All three are the same guy, by the way. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's why we, we, yeah. we got a threefer. Yeah, three for villain. He I essentially... also really like the the first mate of the ship. Yeah, the, the big submarine is Ishmael. Yep, yeah, yep. So... His very first line: "Call me Ishmael," because of fucking course it was. 
Yeah. <laughs> so they're they're traveling. So they get the the league together, and then they, they go kind to of Venice like, to save Venice. Well, when they're gathering the league, they kind of skip over how they're getting around until they get who is it that they get Mina or no? They get Dorian Gray, and then and then like, they have to get to Paris, but they go yeah. to Paris on the big boat on, on the, the on the big submarine. submarine. Yeah, on the big submarine, giant submarine that. Doesn't look like it can fit in the water that it comes out of, which is my oh, favourite thing. It, it's like, it, it's a brilliant submarine of variable size. It yes. keeps doing that. It keeps appearing out of water that it has no right fitting in, and it's great. It, it's also magic, because if it's uh, travelling above the water and you're standing on the outside, you're not affected by the wind whatsoever. Nope. No, but that's that's Nemo and his technology. Yep. Because Nemo's power is he has technology. Um, and, and... and a fucking flair for the fancy as well. Oh, like, yeah, obviously. They look really? amazing. Yeah, to be fair, I absolutely love the extravagance of Nemo's um, incredible. everything. Yeah. His... <laughs> Um, his from his like just his clothing, his costume. I know it's obviously it's actually very much based on the comic that um, rather than it being like a big decision, he was always in a big turban with a sort. But like yeah, turban. But then with like the captain's admiral kind of stuff on it's, it as well. It's a great look. Also, like how he fights is fancy because yeah, him. So it's him. Tom Sawyer and Quartermain are the only people that like don't have a power. Yes. Their power is they are good at a thing. Well, Tom Sawyer isn't even good at a thing. Tom Sawyer's power is that he's there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he has American interest is his yeah. power. And I guess he's a quick learner. Yeah. He, he's... He, he can shoot and that's about it. But not he as he can well drive, as... which is very impressive for eighteen ninety nine. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, the first fight scene is in Dorian Gray's house, which is where you learn that Dorian Gray is immortal. This is something that always fascinates me. Whenever they have fight scenes with um like supernatural can't be killed creatures and normal people fighting with them at the same time is when the normal people fight the enemies stop using deadly weapons yeah. <laughs> yes. yes there was a lot of like the they absolutely riddle uh dorian with bullets and then try and sort of whack the yeah. mortals with books and yeah. sticks it's like as soon as because nemo doesn't fight with guns he prefers not to fight with guns and that's something i think he says it's something like i prefer older technology or whatever he draws his sword, and then every web character around, every enemy around him that has a machine gun, puts it down yeah. and runs at him one by one. And that's my favourite <laughs> thing that happens in these types of films. Like, when the normal person starts, we stop being deadly. Because there's no way that the, the normal person can compare to Dorian Gray who can't be killed. No, exactly. The amount of bullets that Dorian Gray gets riddled with is just ridiculous. And then they all just sort of, like, melt out of him as well. Yeah. I'm well, just looking you... more at this car because we'll see they, they most of them meet in the with M. They get summoned by M and then they they pick up the others. This car is definitely a four-seater. So they squish. They don't they don't yeah, all they get don't in it at once. They squish in. They can fit. They're the leak. They can fit. They just have the invisible man on the front. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> to the windscreen because he no one can tell. Well, no, because the invisible man ironically disappears. Yeah. Quite no, early on in the film. No, he's just no, like... No, he makes it to Venice. Yeah, he... Yeah. No, he, no, he disappears on the way to Venice, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, and that's quite yeah. early in the film. Yeah, because like, he, he was a great character. Like, I really yeah. enjoyed him being... I liked the effects on the Invisible Man as well. Like, even yeah. though in some scenes it was just clearly his entire face painted with the white yeah. stuff, so it's fine. There so, were a lot of great, 
like the scenes where he's first putting it on, I thought were really good. So yeah, you... I liked it when you saw the other side of the face as well. Yeah. Do you think in Invisible Man isn't in it that much because it's expensive and difficult to do that kind of invisible animation a lot? Because he's not invisible that often. <laughs> he's not like semi-transparent that often. No. I don't know. I mean, there's so many special effects going into this movie, but I guess they had to draw the line. I guess it was more that they, for the plot, they actually just needed him to have gone away so and be the suspect, the yeah. thief, which makes sense because obviously his backstory is that he's a thief. He's not the person that invents the invisible no. serum. He just um, it. nicks it and can't turn himself back. Yeah. Um, which I think is a really nice way of getting around the Invisible Man issues yeah, exactly. that they had with copyright and, yeah, and so, filming rights. So says so he like nicked it from a, a a scientist that went mad or something. It's like yep. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes off. He goes off. He gets blamed for like basically trying to steal some technology from Nemo. Yeah. So that he's the suspicion is that he's stolen stuff from Nemo. Yeah, and one of the and vials of uh, Doctor Jekyll's, um, yeah, like potion as well, which um, for some reason makes every makes whoever drinks it go hidey. Yeah. Uh, but whatever, that's fine. Um, yeah. We'll get to that. So then it turns out actually it wasn't this. It wasn't the Invisible Man. It was Dorian. Yes. So the reason they're in Venice. Oh yeah. Um, it's going to explode. Yeah. The reason yep. that they get this giant tower-sized submarine into the waterways of Venice, which it definitely can't turn the corners yeah. when it's there. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't think it can even fit. I don't no. think the Venice <laughs> waterways are that deep. No. No. Now uh, they managed to get that there. Uh, and then the Phantom is trying to blow up Venice for trying to sink Venice for some reason. So what they do is they all, they all get off the <laughs> submarine. The spark war was the sort of yeah yeah was, trying to spark war, but like what? <laughs> I think that oh, but he's trying to spark war so he can sell weapons to both sides. Yes, um, but what are the two sides? <laughs> the... Germany and England. Germany and the Allied the Allies. Yeah. Germany and not Germany. Basically, yeah, yeah. They um yeah they all get off the submarine. They're like. There's a massive bomb underneath Venice, and we have this huge group of unique individuals. So let's send in some uh, scuba divers yep. to go and have a look. Admittedly, uh... <laughs> none of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen are good underwater. In fact, yeah. they're all pretty terrible underwater. The only one who's good is Dorian Gray, and that's just because he can't drown. Actually, <laughs> Hyde does do a bloody good job underwater. Hyde is a... that. Uh, when when the boat oh yeah okay so moving on uh, they sort of yeah. fail slash succeed in that they kind of destroy most, most of Venice of them, on their mission to save Venice but not enough to cause a war I like that they yeah. stopped it at the point of war causing and there's yeah. also like a lot of the bad guys are still there including the Phantom and I was thinking yeah. why would he be there if he's going to sink the entire city <laughs> he's escaping <laughs> I imagine he had a plan to escape quicker but the league turned up. He also, um, but he knows the league can turn up because Dorian's yep. in on it. Oh, because he and... sent them there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he, yeah, because so all the like the bomb goes off and all the buildings in Venice are collapsing. So they're like, cool, if we blow up this one building here, it will stop the collapse. And they yeah. shoot the biggest fucking missile at it, yeah. which causes an explosion so big that I'm pretty sure it would just continue <laughs> the collapse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very. It would that was a yeah very strange logic. I mean, it's the logic that they use for like when it was the the fires of London when they they started setting fire to and exploding some houses to stop the spread of the fire because it wouldn't have enough fuel to burn. So I, I didn't know if it was referencing that or I just think it was a cool explosion. There's a reason yeah, it's to have an a cool excuse explosion. for lots of explosions. <laughs> to be fair, they do. They yeah. definitely get through their dynamite budget 
a lot yeah. of a lot of this film is find an excuse to have a fight scene, find yeah. an excuse to do something cool. They had like you can't all have the... an excuse for something to blow up. Yeah. All, all the buildings collapsing was pretty cool, but when uh, when the woman was like turning into bats, flying around things, they, oh, looked, they, they looked a bit shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. So when I was a kid, I really liked that scene. I thought it was really cool. Watching it now, it's really slow. I'm fine with the visual effects being bad because it's like a film from that time. Visual effects weren't great, but it's so slow. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so it takes so much time on each person so she flies off to kill some people on the roof shooting at the car because she's like these men are mine and then turns into bats and then kills them all one by one and it just takes so it slows down that like see the chase scene so much yeah and i hated it and it could have been really quick and cool but no yeah because when she did the other scene where it was where it like you know our introduction to her being a vampire it's so quick isn't it that snap yeah. She's killed him. She's pierced his artery, and she's drank some of his, his blood yeah. in seconds. Yeah, but and this she said, "Doesn't end." And it... she had a quippy line during that as well, where she says, yeah. "Like I'm not the one that needs protecting." Great. Yeah, but this that scene just it, it, her each one takes a good like ten to twenty seconds. Yeah. So you have like a almost a minute focused on her killing three people whilst yeah. the yeah. chase scene is happening. It was quite a good chase. It was. it was. It was kind of fun having it be like instead of them chasing a baddie, it's them chasing a series of explosions. Well, it's like three different chase scenes happening all at the same yeah. time, and then one woman taking a time killing three people. Uh, because yeah. it's it's chasing the explosion to end it. Uh, Quartermain chasing down the Phantom M Moriarty. Oh, yeah, I forgot that bit. Um, and then there was another thing happened, and then like whatever's happening on the ship on yeah. the oh, yeah. well on on Nautilus. the on the Nautilus is yes, oh yeah, someone they find someone dead, don't they? Well, yeah, Dorian Gray is like he goes up to this this one guy who's like in the boiler room or something, and he's like, "It was me, haha!" And he shoots him like several times. And for a man who is incredibly old and can't die, he can't get a good kill shot. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, the guy just. Manages to make it out out the front of the Nautilus, and he's like, "It was Dorian the whole time." Wasn't that yeah. it was Ishmael that he shot? Yeah, it was Ishmael. Oh, was it Ishmael? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, Ishmael doesn't die. He's very resilient as a man. That is. Well, he's got a duty to protect. Yeah, and then uh, the Nautilus. And then, like another one of my favorite things is when the so um Ishmael falls out of the thing out of the ship and says it was. Dorian Gray that did it, fucking obviously. <laughs> and then there's a noise, and Nemo's really upset. And then from the side of the ship, the escape pod appears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it falls out with like pod. an orb, and it takes so long to like appear and activate and open, and then the window open and Dorian's and Dorian's inside it. <laughs> that it was like is no one gonna try and stop it as it's doing this and they all just yeah they all they no one shoots it yeah no one tries to explode it they are surrounded by guns and missiles one of them can fly just straight up fly none of them could turn into really small bats and like yeah air supply or just land on this thing and jam it i don't know but yeah, does it? Isn't it at that point that he reveals what he's done? It's later. So bit that's later. like a bit later. Um. So he runs off with everything. Yeah, so with the yeah. with with the Nautilus technology. Yeah, he's stolen a bit of everything. Do you think it had to be him? Because if it was someone else, if it if it was actually the Invisible Man, and they had to steal something from Dorian Gray, they're just like. Yeah, they're just like, oh, how? Yeah, they steal the painting. You steal the painting. 
No, just do a painting of anyone, and uh, you know. <laughs> no, you steal the painting and work out the magic in the painting. Yeah, I uh, think yeah. The reason that, that it is Dorian is because he they they have his painting. Yeah, it's very hard to steal a painting. <laughs> like that's suspicious if there's a painting just floating about. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I do like yeah. Later on in the run up to the later explosions, I do really enjoy the bits when the Invisible Man is, or an Invisible Man is uh, carrying the dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you can tell he's, like, sneaking because yeah. the dynamite is bobbing along like he's, do like, treading really carefully. And it's like, you're invisible. This is a workshop. It's loud. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be fine. Because he, he was hiding on the escape pod as well. He'd been sort of, like, tailing Dorian. Yes, he just sat there. So that was his, that was his, um, oh, what's it that called? Re reveal. That was, mm. the, that was the first twist. Yeah. Well, I guess the second twist. The first twist is it's Dorian's betrayal, yeah. and then the second twist is uh, the Invisible Man's with him. So yeah, the, um, I loved the scene on the Nauticus after Nautilus after Dorian's escaped, and they have the like the record to play. Oh, oh yeah, yes. I loved I loved the way that that just that scene in itself. I liked the way it was constructed and put together. From like a, a I like the film side of it. I liked how it was an audio recording. But it showed you like a black and white video of M and Dorian. Yeah, so the whole, the whole point was that it was yeah, it was a record that somehow also has video. I don't know. The video wasn't diegetic. The video wasn't in oh, the was scene. It not? I think the oh. video was just for the viewers. I thought it was part of the technology. Was I thought it was just another bit of an a anachronistic technology. Yeah, that's kind of what mm -hmm. I assumed as well, to be honest. Because I could have sworn there was a bit where it like shows them like setting up some sort of projector. I assumed it was like non-diegetic and for the audience, which like I prefer. So I'm gonna keep telling myself that that's yeah. how it happened because I... that's way better. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked how. Um... You could hear that there was like another sound going on in the background. And obviously I'd forgotten what happened. So you see Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is like in the mirror and he's like, make it stop because he can hear the other noise yeah. like subconsciously. And I thought it was going to like make him turn into Mr. Hyde and like smash up the ship. But actually yeah. it was to uh, blow up some crystal dynamite. <laughs> yeah. So it was. Yeah, I liked I liked that as well. I like that the really subtle uh, whilst you've been playing this, there's been a background sound causing crystals in dynamite around the ship to break. Yeah. To like vibrate. That's so cool. That's so it's cool. It makes no doesn't sense. make any... are they? It implies that they're broadcasting this speech around the entire ship. They've got it plugged into like a a PR system. They've got like a thousand um, Alexas in each room on the uh, on the yeah. Nautilus. <laughs> no, what it, what it is is one of them is just leaning on the the com button, <laughs> holding the uh, holding the speaker up to it. <laughs> Because, yeah, it oh, is, shit. that was almost i think when i was a kid i didn't really understand sound waves particularly hadn't got yep. to that bit in gcse physics but now that i have got my gcse physics yeah it doesn't make any sense and it's no. kind of distractingly impossible no i think as, as like dumb fantasy it's cool though as someone who regularly gets confused as to exactly how vinyls work i'm fine with it like i get how <laughs> they work thought... don't try and explain it i know how they work but it doesn't make sense <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to try and explain it. I don't think I can. No, like I just, understand yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think I can. Like yeah. I, I get, oh. you know, you've got the scratch and it makes the noise, but how does it make all these different no, noises layered all together? I don't know. <laughs> right. It's okay. It's okay. You're it's okay. So many tweets. <laughs> yep. Four. Four whole tweets. <laughs>
This episode is sponsored by Grey Issue 4, which is now funding on Kickstarter. Grey is the story of an ex-undercover cop back from the dead to take down the mob he was infiltrating. Oh, and he's made of concrete. It's written by me, Dan Faulkner, and features Charlie Skinner as the titular character model, and with artwork by Reese Finley. We're currently funding on Kickstarter to pay for the production of the comic, with backer rewards including digital and physical copies, posters, sketch cards, original artwork, and even the chance to get yourself drawn into the comic. Every backer shall also receive the first three issues digitally too. Check out the link in the show notes for more information. And now, back to the show. So they they are a bit all lost at sea. Uh, yeah. They repair that they re- they repair the the Nautilus as best they can, and eventually they get a message, coded message from the Invisible Man. Yeah. So then they have a location to go to, which he has a, a Morse code machine. I don't know what those machines machines have a name. It comes Telegram? through. Yeah, it comes through on Morse code. Telegraph. I can't work out where he's transmitting that from. Radio? No, like what? In the escape pod, wouldn't it be? Yeah, okay, how big is probably... that? An escape pod. Well, what you what you're also glossing over is the fact that this the, the, there there was like the the tracker. There was supposed to be mm-hmm. like that big computer that gets destroyed that can yeah. track the escape pod, but there's no explanation. It looks very mechanical as well. Yep. It makes no sense. It's very pretty, but it, it doesn't make any sense. It was kind of like, this thing tracks it. Mm. Okay, I guess. There's also no explanation as to how the escape pod can do anything except swim in a circle. Yep, it has one propeller at the back. No, it has one big propeller on the side. Did it? I thought it was one big... Oh, yeah. No, the big propeller. So he's in... So at that point, the invisible and invisible man <laughs> will be in... A very small escape pod that's built for maybe one person is Dorian Gray just not paying attention at that point and not hearing like a click 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 click. He's put it on autopilot. There's a little <laughs> blow up guy in the front. He's having a nap. <laughs> yeah, he's sleeping. I thought that at that point maybe they were off the escape pod. Yeah, they they'd arrived to... at the location. They made it all the way to Serbia. Yeah, snowy. Yeah. Siberia, maybe? Maybe Somewhere Siberia with snow. More likely than Serbia than snow, but, you know, it depends on the time of year, I guess. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, the, the the whole idea of the Morse code is really funny because there's just nowhere for him to be doing it unless Dorian's just not paying I, attention. I mean, in, the way I fixed it in my brain was that Dorian had gone off to be with M, not be with, mm-hmm. but, you know. <laughs> to be with, very couple. <laughs> Um, That's he, so, so they'd left the escape because the escape pod's still there because you do see it at the end they do he does try to m does try to run to it um so the i think that the invisible man's in the escape pod an invisible man an invisible man is in the escape pod sending the morse code after it's empty rather than trying to like really slowly <laughs> clip, 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 clip. that's that's i i guess that makes more sense because why would he risk why he wouldn't know where they were until they'd gone out and had a look, because otherwise, yeah. like I'm in some snowy bit of maybe Serbia or Siberia, uh, isn't going to be too helpful. The idea that the the an invisible man, the an invisible man, um, is naked constantly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he must have been cold at the oh, end. Oh, so cold in a very small box that I imagine. Got well, very I think hot. Oscar Wilde would have very much enjoyed that. Well, yeah, but it would have got very hot. How do you not know? Impeccable hygiene. Impeccable hygiene from the An Invisible Man. And I guess if you've not seen, if you've not been on a small enclosed escape pod before going through the sea, you might not really know what smells to be looking out for. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, oh god, I'm getting a bit funky in here. <laughs> I'm getting exceptionally <laughs> funky. <laughs> for a man that can't die and has a painting that ages for him, I'm smelling bad. 
do you think he'd need to use the toilet? Do you think there's a little toilet in the escape pod? And Dorian's just like, I don't remember pissing it's, that much. It's a Hollywood movie. <laughs> there's no pissing. There's no pooping. But Dor- Dorian really... Gray's an immortal. Does he need to piss and shit? Who knows? Yeah, no, he needs to because he's not an immortal. He's just magically connected to a painter that ages for him. I want to see a short film of Dorian Gray and the An Invisible Man in a very small enclosed space where the An Invisible Man is trying to avoid Dorian Gray. <laughs> it, like I've been, I've been watching Arrested Development, you know, the scene where Tobias is like sneaking around the blind lawyer's yeah. house. Yeah, <laughs> it's I just want like that. that. <laughs> and I want it, you know how like sometimes Pixar or Disney have like the tiny short animated film at the beginning? I want that, but I want that scene of, of the An Invisible Man trying so hard to not be touched. I don't know if that was at the start of a movie of this movie. Oh, the start, just uh, like, like an after yeah. credit scene. Oh, the after, uh, yeah, an after credit scene that would have actually been pretty funny. It would have been great. I guess because also he has to be careful because Dorian would get sus, wouldn't he? Because he knows there is an Invisible Man that exists. Yeah, you'd be so, so you'd careful. Be, yeah, you'd be like that wasn't you smell a trump and you're like that wasn't me yeah yeah because <laughs> i don't remember eating that so to everyone else the an invisible man vanished because he was the thief to dorian gray he vanished why like there's no reason for him to disappear to dorian gray so dorian gray must must be aware that the an invisible man knows it's dorian right <laughs> It depends on when Dor. I guess Dorian might be distracted by all his killings and thrillings. That's true. He is very. And he might assume that the Invisible Man's there with the rest of them when he does his reveal at the end. (laughs) 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 Because I guess, yeah, why not? (laughs) I know he probably went invisible to try and save some people. I mean, very hubris. I'd, I'd, I'd pat down. I throw some talcum powder in the pod before I leave. Yeah, just in case. So yeah, once once they're in the um the big sort of factory, you get. The vampire fighting Dorian Gray. You get Mr. Hyde fighting. Uh, I, I wrote down Mr. Hyde Park. Yeah, yep. <laughs> much bigger. <laughs> oh well, Scrappy Doo on Souls. <laughs> yes. Oh, it is so bad it that is. animation. Yeah. It is actually quite horrible to look at. Yeah. It reminds me of very, and obviously this is much more recent. But you know the Demon Baby in the Incredibles and the Incredibles Two. Yep. Jack yes. Jack. Yeah. Like Demon <laughs> yeah. Baby. Yeah, it's got real demon baby vibes. But like, if with no skin. With no, yeah. With no skin. It was bad when he was saying, "Oh, not the whole bottle." Yeah. And the guy like started chugging. Oh no! I liked how disappointed he sounded. That was and, the best. He was guy. he was disappointed oh, because no. he like spilled about two thirds of it oh. trying to drink it anyway. No, <laughs> oh, not the whole bottle. I think he just knew that this was going beyond the capabilities of the animating studio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he read that was how he reacted to the script. That's how the lead animator reacted to the script. He went, oh, <laughs> not the whole bottle. I, lo- I really liked that end sequence, the end sort of bit, I guess, third part of the film, when they're in the factory. Because I'm a sucker for multiple people doing did different things across different parts of the same place yeah and it like intercutting it aggressively i'm a big fan of when they do it and all of them are at the same pace the problem with the car chase is two of them were at the right Mm. pace and then one of them was incredibly slow and i I quite i liked the end bit because yeah they were all like really high pace yeah because you had the vampire and dorian gray fighting yeah weirdly sexy uh it would be yeah i did enjoy we do we do get our favorite two immortal people fighting each other 
and the great line we're going to be at this all day yeah they do um they do a, a flirty fight they do a flirty sword fight which is some of the best stuff in tv is the flirty sword fight oh yeah it is quite it is yeah it is erotic yeah and then you have yeah the uh dr jackal and bigger hide and quartermain doing something <laughs> He's, he's, he's fighting injured. the Phantom. Yeah. That's it. He's fighting um, James Moriarty. Yeah. <laughs> Which the best part about James Moriarty, James, the James Moriarty being the villain is so stupid because yeah. he says, "Oh, he died on whatever that place was. Uh, he was reborn. Yeah, and he was reborn better. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean?" I just love that. I, I love. Just, I love that it's it's not like Moriarty isn't like an established villain in any way. <laughs> no, like, there's been a lot of time being like the Phantom, and you see him right at the start of the film. He's very, very obvious. What do you want to do? I want to take over the world. Yeah. And then at the end, it's like, oh, it's Moriarty, and I feel like that is just it's for the comic book fans. But surely they already knew that it was Moriarty. It just makes no sense to have no, that extra name. Sense. Like it was a reveal that it was M, but it was the fact that M becomes Moriarty. M so stands for Moriarty. <laughs> Apparently, Which... there was actually going to be a like a, a sort of James Bond in this as well, but they, they weren't allowed to use it. Yeah. Hmm. The idea that. Moriarty, a very intelligent person, died, faked his death, and then said, I'm going to go by a secret pseudonym that no one will ever recognize me by because I am a completely different person now. I'm going to go by M. <laughs> no one will ever know. <laughs> Uh, and then I'm going to put on a mask and pretend to be a different guy as well. I um I did quite enjoy the yeah the reference to and why I do think it's the Phantom of the Opera as well is um when uh, Connery's they say like the I think M says they call him the Phantom and show him a picture and he just goes very oper- operatic. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that might be it then. Um, I did look it up the uh, true to form with every single reference in this movie. Uh, yeah, the book, the Phantom of the Opera. Uh, comes out a solid 10 years after the film is set. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, minimal anachronism for the rest of the movie. Yeah. It also explains why the Phantom, as a character, has a hell of an aesthetic on him. Yeah, fake bars and a metal everyone... helmet. <laughs> Very into it. And well, big it's, coat. it's a bit Phantom of the Opera mask in a way, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And a big, big coat and it's very flowing and dramatic. And of course that's Moriarty. And that also, makes he's sense. got the burnt face as well, which is sort of the same as... Um, that's the se- that's the exact same plot as the Phantom of the Opera, I think. He, yeah. His face is burnt. Yeah, don't, so don't quote me on that. They they have their fight. You get obviously the vampire defeats Dorian Gray by stabbing him into a wall so he can't yeah. move, and then showing him the painting. Yeah, which um, is brilliant. Yeah, which I really like... like that. I love his like he's a, trying tries to put he like kind of easily tries to push himself away like it's not going to be a big deal, and then realizes he can't. And yeah. then it's like, oh, oh shit, okay. Uh, yeah, and then panic sets in. And oh, what a grisly aging yeah. scene. Horrifying. Yeah, yeah. not badly great. animated. <laughs> Probably would have been more horrifying if it was better animated. So I'm yeah. kind of I'm kind of relieved actually at how two D and bad it was. Yep. Yeah. So it's still gross. It just, you know, wasn't in that uncomfortable real kind of level of gross. Yeah. Um, the the giant dies because all the bombs are going off and the building collapses on him. Yeah, he would have died anyway. That's the best thing about that scene is because um, it's Jack, Dr. Jackal and Mr. Hyde and <laughs> Dr. Jackal and Mr. Hyde and Nemo fighting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's all three of them fighting Big Red Guy. Uh, Red Hulk. I'm going to call him Red Hulk. Red Hulk, okay. Uh, <laughs> and he, yeah, again, he's throwing Hyde around like a toy, this giant red monster. Uh, and then Nemo's like, I have a sword. <laughs> 
And he just tries to cut at this thing that doesn't care. Yeah, he's just like, giving him a few slices. <laughs> and then gets smacked away and goes, well, I'm all out of ideas. Well, I'm useless now. And then Hyde says, oh, he's burning through the, the, the formula to an accelerated rate, which means he just has to survive the fight. Yep. And then the guy will die eventually. Yeah, he'll uh, turn back so into Moriarty's, Moriarty's big plan is to go and sell all this information that he's gathered on the League people to the highest bidder, essentially. Well, he's trying to replicate it. Yeah. So what um, he manages to, and then he's going, he has that little case of tricks. Yeah. That he's going to use to, like, demonstrate what he can do to, yeah. Yeah. I, th I yeah. thought he was going to use them, like, all on one person. <laughs> inject them all into himself. So hmm. you have, like, a invisible, <laughs> giant, muscly vampire. From um, Ket that can't die if you bury it in Africa? And maybe it's in a mech. <laughs> yeah, with, with awesome tech. Yeah, with, with, yeah. with guns and flashy cars. It has flair. It has flair. It's a shame you can't see it, but yeah. you know it's there. It has Nemo's flair. Uh, yeah, that would have been... That would have been great because, oh, uh, what a fantastic big bad evil guy that would have been. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been a terrible fight, though. It would have been a, a god-awful fight because it would be cool up until they made it invisible. And you'd be like, oh. yeah. <laughs> We're just going to yeah, work It would be great if like, the invisibility thing didn't quite work. Or if yeah. it could switch it on and off. We're going to watch yeah. Something, yeah. some people get thrown around on wires for a bit <laughs> uh, and watch bad animated footprints. So Sean Connery can't shoot at the end because he's been shot already. Yep. Yep. Saving um, his Saving air, Tom Sawyer. America. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. Tom Sawyer. so he has to do the long shot, which we've... It does... I actually really like the symmetry that you get in this film from that, where you have the, the first scene with Sean Connery shooting the long guy, like the, the German far away. And then you have it in the middle where he's training the American... And then you, it ends with the American shooting down Moriarty. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it was quite a nice nice bit of like... It was, was tying the ribbon yeah. on everything. Yeah, yeah. It, it tied together quite nicely. Did, which is surprising yeah. for this movie. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it did leave the point of they they managed to copy mimic vampirism. They like They made vampirism into like a drinkable potion. Which, if anything, we know all vampirism does is turn people into melodramatic goths. Yep. <laughs> they can turn into bats, but badly animated and slow. Yeah. And enjoy um, a good drink of blood every so often. Every single vampire, like I say every single vampire, the one vampire in the film, she's just melodramatic and dr just <laughs> fluffy and like, oh, whoa. Yeah. She hates it. I've never, in nothing have you ever seen a vampire be like, being a vampire is cool and fun. Doesn't seem fun. No, the no only... but I guess they want they they want the soldiers. They want the speed, the just, chomping. Yeah. The... They 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 want a a vampire that can take down three people in a minute during a car chase. <laughs> yeah, they want a very inefficient <laughs> killer. Yeah. They want the least efficient killer from the league. Thank you. <laughs> it uh, will make two of them. It, it then ends with so Quatermain dies, and they bury him in Africa, and yep. then at the end, it's like, oh, he's going to return as a zombie. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah it, there is it that doesn't. really awkwardly long scene of the guy doing the the some sort of ritual, um, witch doctory or... stuff. Yeah. The witch doctory yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's that's what he says, isn't it? Doing a rain dance. So I was thinking that oh, okay, so they're gonna at the start. I thought oh, the the witch doctor is gonna like lead the funeral or whatever. But no, he's just like in the background, <laughs> <laughs> while well, they have the service. I also <laughs> bring in Sean Connery. I, I did remember actually. By the time I got to the end of this film, it did it did actually ring some bells. 
that this was what happened because yeah like i said i've I've seen this several times yeah i thought at that point when we see all the graves that those were all his other graves from when he's died and had to be buried in africa before yeah (laughs) because there there was one that already had his name on it as well wasn't there there was already a grave with quartermain on it at at the start of the film which when Ah. because i'd forgotten what was happening in the film i thought that he was because you get like about three people in a row that pretending to be quartermain and not and then when it's him i was like when it showed that grave i was like is he actually not quartermain and he's just some random guy like <laughs> but to be good at shooting yeah but no that that didn't come up he but, is yeah. immortal he's getting born again he's really good at um not getting shot apparently Every, everyone in this film is good at not getting shot they can stand <laughs> in the open for as long as they want <laughs> yeah as long as they're actually I a group know, dorian has his moments oh yeah <laughs> well no but it doesn't matter if he gets shot nemo stands in the open with a handgun against people with miniguns and doesn't get hit so if as long as you're not one of the immortal uh league of extraordinary gentlemen you're immune to being hit by bullets yeah which is great uh, useful power great power maybe that's nemo's <laughs> power he can't be <laughs> shot by bullets i yeah, i think america is all the power he needs <laughs> <laughs> um bef- before we get into scoring this i have a, a fun mini game for us to play which is if you remade remade this movie now who would you cast? Um, I, I, I have a couple. I mean, they're mainly mm. from Fast and Furious, but that's fine. Mm. So obviously Jason Statham's The Invisible Man. He would yeah. be great. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Wouldn't, yeah. No one could do it better. Um, Vin Actually, Diesel. No, no, I, I know who could do it just as well. Hmm. It, I can't remember the actor's name. But is, is Griffin from Jumper? Ja- I think Jamie he could Bell? do that. Yeah, I think Jamie, Jamie Bell. Bell could do that really well. He probably could, actually, yeah. Um, so I've got Vin Diesel as Dr. Jekyll, but The Rock as Mr. Hyde. <laughs> yep. Um, oh, I don't know who I'd, who I'd cast as anyone. Maybe Timothy Chalamet would be uh, Dorian Gray. Um, oh, the drama. The yeah. drama of it, though. So who would you have as the as the Big Bill um, Quartermain, then? Uh, see, I, I'm not 100% sure on that one. I'm Could thinking I? maybe like Timothy Oliphant or someone. Has to, I was thinking maybe one of the Hemsworths. No, Possibly. you need like grey hair. You oh, yeah, it's going to be older. Um, yeah. Thingy then, Wolverine. Oh, Hugh Jackman would be pretty Hugh good, Jackman. actually. Yeah. Huge jacked man could be good. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's, good. He does have that tired look about him now. <laughs> he does Sorry, look exhausted. <laughs> uh, I reckon Nemo would be... Dev like Patel, him, yeah. Dev Patel, yeah, I was yeah. thinking of him, yeah. Yeah, he'd be great. Um, Who um, would the vampire be? Kirsten Stewart, but as she's now, not how she played Bella's one. Yeah, no, uh, Kirsten Stewart being, yeah, no, that'd be that, great. That'd be pretty fun, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sort of real moody, not yeah. weirdly cool. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's a weird cast. The most of them are good, and then there's Vin Diesel under the rock. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a legitimate casting, and then yeah. Vin under the rock. Well, we can change them because if we're having Kristen Stewart in it, I reckon we could then have Robert Pattinson as Dr. Ooh, Jekyll. No, Robert Pattinson would make a really good Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Actually, yeah, he yeah. would. He's he's great. Um, make a, he has yeah. that weird, he does have that sort of weird odd. scientist en- uh, yeah. just odd energy that you, is good for a professor that is like well not professor but doctor that is yeah. mad half the time yeah. yeah he could do that and i think you just don't tell him that there's a script no and you, <laughs> you just, get the exact same result you just let yeah. him let him do what he has to do <laughs> yeah as long as you don't make him do an accent it's fine 
<laughs> and okay, and we also I think we should bring in one random uh, classic character. Oh yeah, no, that's another question entirely. If we could add any literary character to the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, who would we want to bring in? Does it just have to be books? Because imagine adding just other comic book characters, and you're like, cool, just put like Cyclops in there for some reason. <laughs> I mean, I'd like it to be someone that doesn't have any reason to be there, same as, like, Tom Sawyer. Yeah. Child? They're literary characters, though. Romeo from Romeo and Juliet. Honestly. No fucking reason. It's Leonardo DiCaprio, and it's it's part of the universe that has that other Romeo and Juliet movie If we didn't already have a couple of bumbling British people, then, like, Mr. Darcy just sort of being there trying to be romantic... (laughs) Oh, that... or, um... I was thinking he, uh, Heathcliff from Wuthering Heights. <laughs> I thought you were going to say He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I asked that question and then I, I immediately remembered that I don't know that many literary <laughs> characters. Because no. we, go, we go sort of basically anywhere in Europe is like up for grabs or, or America. Um, Gandalf? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah literary characters. Yep. Uh, Gandalf and Frodo. Gandalf. No, Gandalf and Dumbledore, so they can yep. have a great on-screen friendship. So, out of ten, how many what the Dark Universe is, was trying to be would you give this movie? Because I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a five out of ten for this. It was a it's a perfectly fine film. <laughs> like I enjoyed bits of it. But like you said before, Helena, like I've I've seen this like maybe four or five times as well, and I remembered like barely any of it. It doesn't stick with you. Well, I've for the same reason. I'm going to give it six out of ten because whilst I never remember what happens, I do enjoy it every single time. It is very watchable. It's very rewatchable because it's all about the aesthetics. It's all about how it looks, and rather than what happens, what happens is pretty irrelevant most of the time. You're like, oh wow, look at that ship oh wow look at that car oh wow look at this fight scene it doesn't yeah. matter what happens and um whilst you know that loses it a few points because it does the it does that aesthetic so well it's so it's so much fun to watch that it's it's one of those movies that i think yeah whenever it's on tv we do watch it every single time and uh, I'm, I'm gonna watch this movie again inevitably oh yeah, yeah. i'll probably watch it again at some point as well like it, it was enjoyable yeah I think yeah. I've seen this, yeah, it's it's not even like I watched it five or six times as a kid. Like, I've watched it, what, every couple of years, probably, um, yeah. even up until quite recently. Recently, Like, it's it's only been a few years since I last saw this film. I think I'm going to do the same. I think six out of ten. I just like that it it's not serious in any way. It's not trying to do anything other than be a good action film, and it almost makes it. Yeah, it's not trying to be clever, and it, no. like, which is a good thing, because it isn't. Yeah, no, it can't be. There's no way. If it tried no. to be fair, it'd be awful. It's fully okay with just being a dumb... It, like... Like, it says, look at these plot holes. <laughs> you know how we're going to distract you from these plot holes? Some more plot holes. Cool, cool and cool fight scenes. We're going to have yeah. some cool fight scenes where the characters actually get to use their powers quite a lot, which is great for something with characters with powers in. Because normally they are relegated to one scene. Yeah, you get well, like the, one. The finding out about it and then the using it for the one big crux of the matter. Yeah. Whereas this one, they use them solidly. Um, I'm going to give it six uh, sexy sword fights. I was going to give it six impos- like varying sized submarines. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah, the I submarine think... is gorgeous, though. It yeah. is really and, nice. And the car never, as well. Like, I never yeah, the, really the think, oh, I'd love to have a model. Of it. I don't really collect models or, or anything like that, but if I was going to get something, I'd absolutely love to have like a model 
submarine or a model yeah. car from that from the films because they are yeah. they're just gorgeous. It does the car does look like a Rolls Royce. Yeah, yeah. like it, it looks like a proto Rolls Royce, and it's it's a beautiful car. I love like, the four like that. It's got the two headlights on either side, and it. Yeah. I just yeah, it it's Apparent, brilliant because there's no other cars. Nope. Yeah, apparently the pedals in it as well. It's not like one brake, one clutch, and one go. Apparently the middle one is go, and then there's individual brake pedals for each side so they can do like sick turns and shit that's cool nice it's a cool this is a cool film it's not a good film but it's a very cool film yeah, yeah. like vi- yeah. visually visually great <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely and it's um yeah i think it, it's aged okay like some yeah. of the cgi has aged the way cgi will always age but yeah, none, you, you know there's me. the only things that really stood out is they say mongoloid and cretin yeah and that only was jarring just because it was like the only times where they use slurs. Yeah. And I'm like, do they just have? Isn't like that? Aren't they? Don't they both mean to do with like thyroid deficiencies? And it's like, oh okay, he's <laughs> got really out for those people with the thyroid issues. <laughs> I think it's uh, the only time they use slurs that was recorded. I think Sean Connery was. Um... <laughs> oh well, yeah. <laughs> Sean Connery yeah. was an asshole anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, he. Uh, they, they they were like. Uh, apparently, in an interview with Thomas Hayden Church, who played Doctor Jackal, they were like, "Oh, was it was it as bad on set as they say?" Between because the director didn't direct anything else for a good eight years or so after this, and they were like, "Was it as bad between like Sean Connery and him as everyone says?" And he was like, "It was worse." He was oh, like, wow. "I he was like, I literally, if I told you what Sean Connery said, you wouldn't be able to print it." So... I need to I need to find all these interviews and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know. Uh, it makes me sad because I did enjoy like the Sean Connery Bond movies, and yeah, he's just a terror. He's just a bad person. Yeah, yeah, same with like the Last Crusade, which is probably the yeah. best of the Indiana Jones films, in my opinion. Hmm, okay, yeah, we can uh, have that discussion another no, time. Yeah, when we do, <laughs> when we do one of the <laughs> the films, we can then discuss that. That's fair. I mean, yeah. they hold up. I'm just putting that out. Oh, there. they hold but... up. I watched them not too long ago. Um, <laughs> didn't watch Crystal yeah. Skull, but you know. <laughs> Save for a different episode. Yeah. We'll save yeah. it for. We'll have a. Maybe we'll do like a bonus episode on which yeah. uh, Indiana Jones movie we think is the best, and none of us will say Temple of Doom because we're oh. idiots. Yeah, um, well, I like that one. Oh, is that your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> your whole is spelled with an I. No, that's Last Crusade. Is it? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I don't know. All... <laughs> Temple of Doom is the one with the cart, tra- with the cart and the uh, Japanese kid. Oh, the, the one that was like that one. The one for a bonus episode. Brains. Okay. For a bonus okay episode. right. This is right, this is yeah. the hints towards a bonus episode. Right. Okay. Well, I guess before we accidentally tell everything that we want on Indiana Jones, uh, I have been Dan. I have been Michael. And I've been Helena. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Hilton Pod. That's at H I L T M Pod. Um, let us know which uh, literary character you would include in the. <laughs> in yeah. our insane remake of league of extraordinary gentlemen and also who yeah. you would cast as them yeah yeah we want to know literary character and who would be cast as we i did cheat and google a, like a list of famous um characters and toad of toad hall came up and i thought that <laughs> would be fantastic yeah. Yeah. no that's great uh, especially he, if he uh, is just the size of an actual toad play, played by danny devito <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah I mean, it was it was very different to what I remember. There was a lot more like um, like British comedians dressing up as old women, and I don't remember it being a sitcom either. 
Um, but apparently that's what this was. Um, I what? What? That was, Did I that, miss that, some no, dressing? That was just an awful reference to that the League of Gentlemen show that exists. Nah. Oh wow! Correct. It was awful. Yeah. 